Hello, 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 and welcome into my humble opinion podcast. This is your girl, Chef Sharon, and my host with the most. It's Mr. Howard. How's everybody doing? What's happening, y'all? Hey, look, I thought you was gone, Mr. Howard. I'm like, do I have a host today? You? Mm-hmm. So, yes, you excited about today's show? I am definitely excited about today's show. We have a topic that, I mean, we can discuss to the end of time. You want to tell everybody what we're talking about? So we are talking about the evolution of hip-hop. Yay! This is where we put the little sound effects, right? (laughs) So listen, uh, I got a question for you, Howard. Um, Can we just go ahead and jump right in this? Like, I've been so excited about this topic, like, all week. And I'm just ready to jump in. So I got a question for you. When did you first fall in love with hip-hop? Oh, I first fell in love with hip-hop when I was about eight years old. I was in my grandfather's kitchen playing around with the radio, making me a hot ham and cheese sandwich. And next thing I know, I heard something that I had never heard before. It was LL blessing the mic. And I was completely in a trance. And from that night on, I've always written rhymes. I've always been a fan of the culture. I've always listened to the music. And I've just always appreciated the brothers and sisters who've done so much to bless us with this beautiful form of art. So I got a question for you. Okay. <laughs> when did you first fall in love? Ah, when did I first fall in love with hip hop? Listen, let's see. When I was a kid, I'm going to say I was around, I don't know, probably around eight, nine, ten, you know. And okay. I just remember my dad used to play music all the time because, you know, my parents, they used to have parties and stuff like that. But my dad had a huge album collection. It wasn't just albums. He had like real reels. He had tapes. It was every. My dad was like oh, man. major when it came down to music and the albums that he had. But I remember him playing like, I want to say it's like Sugar Hill Gang or something, you know, but what really made me connect with it, and it wasn't just my dad's music, was my big brother. Like, I remember, you know, back in the day when the guys just had the boom boxes. I think my dad gave, you know, gave my brother one or whatever, and I just remember being outside and playing that and feeling like the coolest kid on the earth because we was talking about some hot butter popcorn or <laughs> So, um, <laughs> I would say that's when I first connected with it, and Really, it was my big brother. It was like he kept it going for us, you know. So, um, actually, speaking of my big brother, he is our special guest for today. So, I want to um, go ahead and introduce him because for me, he is he is hip hop, you know. So, um, let me introduce my big bro, Al. Hello, hello. Hey, <laughs> hey, what's up? hey what's big up? brother, how you doing? All right, how you making out? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for show- joining us on the show today. I'm excited to have you. Oh yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be here. <laughs> All right, so listen, so listen. Howard asked me. I just asked how the question. He asked me the same question. So you gonna get the same question from us. When did you fall in love with hip hop? Grandmaster Flash, Sugar Hill, Grandmaster Cash. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 They started showing up at parties, man. Yeah. So you remember when your parents had those parties, right? And you go over and you'd meet all the other kids and you'd be in the corner playing with the kids or whatever else. And they had the sound, the thumping. It was 
It was Sugar Hill Gang mostly and Grandmaster Flash. That got me onto it right there. That was the yeah, beginning. Tell us, tell us about a time when you was at a party and you heard something or you saw someone, the way they were dressed, or you saw someone dancing and you said, that is just straight hip-hop. Tell us about one of those just straight hip-hop moments you had in your life. Straightest hip-hop moment, the, the most realest hip-hop moment I ever had was I was in elementary school, man. I had to have been in, uh, oh, man, third, fourth grade? And, uh, yeah, third or fourth grade, man. And uh, we, were, we were in the middle of class, and a teacher came in, said we all had to go to the auditorium. And whole school was in the auditorium, and there was a performance by this group called ICE. And they were pure poppers. Mm. And they and they ran a yeah, they ran out of they ran out of they ran a little skit, but they popped and locked throughout the whole thing. Oh wow. my head wide open. I went home immediately. I'm in the mirror. I'm in the mirror looking looking ridiculous. I'm, okay. I'm in the mirror looking ridiculous. I'm trying to emulate everything I just saw. That was the purest hip hop moment I've wow. ever encountered right there. That's straight hip hop right there. I'm about to talk about like you talking about what you saw, but you was the dopest break dancer in our hood. <laughs> I don't know if I fit away because you was my brother, <laughs> yeah. but you you pull out a cardboard and you was you was you was on it. <laughs> oh my god, you talking about knee burns? I don't even know how you get burns on your shoulders, but I got burns on my shoulders, crown of my head, dude. It burns everywhere. I was down in the basement on concrete trying to practice that until I got the cardboard, right? But and I remember the first time seeing that, saw that in a park. And uh I thought dude was having a fit or something, right? Until I heard the music. I'm like, okay, he's going with the music. He's all over the ground back in, and you know, and he had a crowd around him. Kind of snuck in, saw that. It was that whole culture kind of took at least in the area we grew up in, it took us by storm quick, right? Because it was already developing up on the East Coast. It was slowly developing on the East Coast, but but when it hit us, it it, it, it kind of hit us overnight, right? So, and I don't know if you were, I don't know if you guys remember, but remember they had shows that popped up on television around that era, and uh, I don't even remember the name of the shows, but they would pop up and, and be played on Saturdays, and that further introduced us to it. Well, well, well okay. So speaking of the culture. And how it kind of just popped up on us. We're from Missouri. We're from the Midwest. So um, that's when he says it came to us, you know, it had to, it had to gravitate towards that way, towards us. Now, I want to bring up just the origins. We're talking about the evolution of hip hop. So one thing we know is like hip hop is a culture. It's not just like rap music, but it's a culture. And we just started out talking about the dance, you know, like break dancing was one yeah. of the first things to pop lock in the, you know, you had groups that like, what was his name? Um, I know him as Rerun. What was his real name? But he was a, he was a pop lock. Yeah. He was with a group, you know, they were really famous. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah. and so, so you had that element of it, but let's talk about the DJ because the DJ and it's kind of, you know, outside of the, um, the, the dance and the graffiti and the dress, the way people dress, you know, there was the DJ and it kind of, you know, started the whole thing. So let's talk about the DJs, you know, and how the DJ brought in the MCN. Uh huh. Yeah, that's 
that's how it all started. You know, like 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 you said, uh, the DJs playing the music out in the park and kids coming out dancing, folks seeing this and, you know, all of the B-boy, B-girl crews coming together and battling each other. You know, the DJs were taking these records that their parents had, taking these sound systems that they put together and just creating some of the most beautiful uh, improvised art that anyone had ever seen. And I think that was one of the reasons why it did catch on so much, so 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 strongly with us because as soon as we heard it and saw it, it just struck a chord with us. It's like, yeah, I want to do that too. You know, and so once you heard that music and you saw those people dancing, it was on from there. It just it just spread like fire. I mean, some of the earliest DJs, you know, Cool Herc, you know, we went to that Rock Him book signing this week. And that was one of the things that spawned the, 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 the thought to have this show topic, you know. And he mentioned Herc as one of the earliest DJs that, that really influenced him. Uh, so what are some of the DJs that y'all like? <laughs> Answer that question for us. <laughs> well, most of the DJs here we had were were local, right? So we didn't get we didn't get a lot of the uh, DJ unless it was mixtapes, right? Or you know something that was coming down, and we you know we we got a hold of the tapes. It was most of our local DJs here that were pressing the that were pressing the hip hop scene, right? So and then the DJs for us down here they had to have they had to be multi. You know, they had to be multi-dimensional, right? They had to be up to scratch, too, right? It wasn't just playing. Yeah. It was, you know, you had to be up to scratch. You had to be able to, you know, that would eventually parlay into the beat making. But back then, you had to be able to scratch and you had to be able to turn those records, right? They had to be able to mix those records together and take oh, wow. different sounds and different rhythms and beats and patterns and just, just blend them together. And, and and it was like you know we're extending the break of the album, right? Yeah, like, because they wanted it. They were dancing. They took a lot of albums, you know, a lot of records, and like you said, they extended the break. They they figured out how to do that, you know, and that was like a big thing, you know. And and they were able to extend up that that particular breaking album so that they can just keep dancing and keep going. So <clears throat> the DJing, you got this DJ playing this music, people dancing. Excuse me. And then here comes the MC, you know. And the thing is that it was all about the DJ. It was all about the DJ. And the MC was like, not an afterthought, but they actually was just kind of coming to rhyme on the mic just to, you know, hype the crowd, kind of add to, you know, what the DJ is doing. And then so we evolved to the point where now the DJ is in the background and it's all about the MC. So, listen... Listen now, I want. We're gonna do a top five today. Oh, there you go. Okay. We're gonna do a top five now. Listen now, our top five now. We don't have to like. It doesn't have to be one singular, one single MC. It could be a group, you know. But just as as it pertains to hip hop as a whole, you know, as it pertains to hip hop as a whole, we're gonna talk about our top fives. You know, like. And it could be, like I said, it could be one particular MC. It could be one group. It could be a, a, a MC DJ combination. But who influenced you the most? Who are the top five people that influenced you the most in hip hop? Now, I'm going to let our guests go first. <laughs> are you ready for this, Al? <laughs> You're making me nervous. <laughs> oh, I'm trying. We're going to let you on. go first. 
I'm, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Rockham is my number one. Okay, right? that so, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Rockham being number one. I, I'm not sure. I mean, if you look at his his wordplay and the complexity of his rhymes, you know, it he put a lot of thought into that, man. So, I mean, when you when you listen to him, I could go back and pick out a Rockham rhyme more complex and creative than whole albums right now. Just one one measure. One measure. So, right, yeah, right. I'm going to go with... <laughs> I got to go with Rakim, man. Then I'll probably go with Nas, Jay-Z. Okay. Yeah. Then i probably have to go with Biggie. And then I'll probably say on that last one, I may end up having to go with Cool G Rap on that one. Okay. So you want to elaborate uh, they, on they, one, they, one or more of yours? Yeah, like, I know you, you elaborated, elaborated on Rakim. What about some, just one other person on your list? One other person other than the people I just named? Yeah, I'm saying, no, no, no. I'm saying elaborate on one other person that you named. Like, anyone, just pick one of them, Nas, Biggie, any of them that, why Why did they make your cut? Why did they make your list? Um, I can say, okay, here, I pick Nas, for example. I pick Nas, for example. It, it's, Nas is a storytelling, right? And then it, he introduced something new to hip hop in terms of his flow, right? And Nas can manage to get in and out of depth very quickly, right? And remember the song he had where he's rapping backwards. He's rapping the story completely backwards. His creativity, it was nothing like that at the time, right? So, I mean, even Jay Z said it in a rhyme that when 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 Nas came out, he thought the whole game was dead. So that that was that was the impact that Nas had. He sounded. He sounded totally different, and he jammed a lot of words into a bar, but it was fluent. So Nas is one of those rappers like Rakim, where you had to go back and listen again to make sure you heard what you just heard. Yeah, so Nas was kind of like that for me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I respect your top, your top five. Uh, Howard, your turn, because I'm going last, y'all. I'm going last. <laughs> <You> go- <laughs> uh oh. You gonna put me on the spot? Look, you gotta go. go. You gotta, do you gotta do yours. <laughs> number five, number five. I'm gonna say Andre three thousand. Just the creativity, the wordplay. You know, the the, the the uniqueness of this individual is just unmistakable. The fashion sense that he has is just out of this world. I mean, he's he's just unbelievable. Uh, number four, I got Rock Cam. He's one of the greatest ever. I mean, on any given day, he could be my number one. So it just depends on what mood I'm in. But he's just blessed me so many times with so many different bits of information that it's just unreal. <laughs> number three, Black Thought. Black Thought. If I could be any MC for a day, I would want to be Black Thought for a day. Because this cat is just has it. You know, Ooh. the words, the, the, the voice. I mean, he just spit. On Black the mic, like, oh, real. Yeah, no, Black Thought is he's dope. dope. Yeah. He's just dope. Like, that last freestyle that he did on Funk Flex, it was like, if anybody thought that hip-hop was dead, he just did CPR on it, and this thing is living. It's alive and well. So, I, I, I just love what he does when he's doing what he does. Uh, number two, I got Biggie. I got, I, I mean, <sighs> I mean, just the voice. The voice alone. I mean, we're not even going to get into the the rhyme schemes and patterns and 
The stories. I mean, he just had the punch. He just was funny. I mean, Biggie just, he just had it all. And number one, I got to go with my man, Pop. You know, I got to go with Pac. I mean, he was just deeply spiritual. And I mean, he, he talked to me about what I needed to do in life and what I needed to look out for in life. You know, he had party songs. He had the serious deep songs. He was conscious. He was gangster. He had punchlines. He was funny. He was mad. He was psychotic. He was sane and insane at the same time. So I got to give it up to Pac as the number one MC of all time. So that's my top five. All right, y'all. Drum roll. Drum roll, because I'm about to... <laughs> Listen, now this is the thing with me and my top five. I am a girl. I'm a lady. So I see music just a little bit different than you guys because guys listen a little bit different. Uh, I'm not going to say that because there's a lot of women out there that, you know, really get into it. So I'm not going to like... But me as a girl, um, I just saw it a little different. So... Different music hits me different ways. Now, listen, I took the liberty of doing me some honorable mentions first. <laughs> oh, so they, I'm going to do well, my top minute, five, but I got a minute. few honorable mentions. <laughs> uh, so my honorable mention is Tech 9 Why? Because I love the way Tech 9 raps. What? I love his flow. Yes, I love Tech 9 He's from KC. Shout out to Kansas City, Missouri, my home. I used to hang out with Tech 9 <laughs> when I was in like... Uh, it was like all of us, you know, one of my friends was a rapper and I think it was uh, uh, Funhouse or what, what was it called? I forgot the name of the group he was in at the time. But yeah, so Tech 9 he's an honorable mention because how can I not shout out my hometown? Remy Ma, I love her voice. I love her flow. Now, what made me like Remy Ma is that one day she was on that show. I don't remember. It was a show where they put people on, MCs on, and just tell them just to rap, just freestyle. And, and you get to see who really is good at freestyling and who's not. And, like, she just blew the mic up. And I was like, okay, Remy, I see you. Okay, so my other honorable mention is... um. E-40. And I'm going to tell you why it's E-40. Because E-40 had the the party sounds. Like, his music was good, but his voice was unique. And it's something about when somebody don't come on sounding like everybody else, he did not mind rapping in that weird voice. But his music still was like, because he did have this novelty kind of sound. But, I mean, as far as his voice, but his sound... His music actually was like, okay, this is kind of dope. <laughs> and at the time when he was out and hot, I was really heavy listening to E-40. So I just want to give a shout out to him. Now, on to my top five. My number five is Tribe Called Quest. Tribe Ooh. Called Quest changed my life. They changed my life because they put jazz in there. And I love jazz. Grew up on it. Love jazz. And when they incorporated my two loves, like, like to be able to listen to them, they were kind of conscious, you know, but they were fun. They were more my speed. I wasn't hardcore gangster and all that. You know, they were more like I was the one, you know, when they were out, we backpacking and going to college, we going to school. And, you know, so you got your little educated friends that are wearing the green and red. I mean, green, red, yellow, you know, colors and stuff. So Tribe Called Quest was my people. So that's my number five. My number uh, three would be Outkast. <sighs> Fell in love with Outkast. When I first heard them, I was like, I'm going to move to Atlanta. <laughs> Outcast impacted me just like tremendously. 
so my number or my idea, I did my five, my four. My number three is uh Rock Him. And the reason why my three is Rock Him is because I just knew his music through my brother, Fine Andrew. I mean, I, oh Lord, my brother Al. <laughs> I knew I knew his music through him, but I didn't really get into him. You know, I listen to his stuff now. I went through and combed all his albums, come through all his albums. I got a few cuts that I love. But he he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't be like all the way up there, you know. So my number two is T.I. Don't get mad at me, y'all. T.I. brought me back to rap music. I stopped listening to rap music for a lot of years. I couldn't relate to what it had evolved to. But, and I don't know what it is about trap, but listen, listening to T.I., his music, I think what makes me gravitate to him is his sounds are all different. You know, like when you're listening to a T.I. album, you're not getting the same repetition that you get with a lot of artists today. Like you can't tell this song from that song. So that's what kind of drew me in and intrigued me about him. Then he's got several very conscious albums, you know, talking about the state of what the world was going on today. So T.I. would be my number two. And my number one is Notorious Big all day long, every day. That is my dude. I used to listen to Biggie. I still, like, I have every one of his albums on my playlist. Love me some Biggie. That's my top five with my honorable mentions. <laughs> well, 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 can I throw an honorable mention in there? Just one? Yeah, you can throw an honorable mention in there. Of course you can. <laughs> I'm going to say Lauren Hill. You know Ooh. what? She almost made my list. The Fuji, she Lauren almost made my Hill, list. Lauren Hill, Hill. But... If you have you got, I mean, have you listened to her unplugged album? I no, I have not. Oh, I, yeah. I, you know, oh, I've heard yeah. like the um, like one song on there that was from the unplugged, but oh. yeah, no, I, she almost made my list. She proved to me on that unplugged record that she could conceivably be among the best rappers to ever do it. Seriously, wow. now the only yeah. reason I couldn't put her in the top five was because you know that's only one time. Right. So you talk about the rock cameras, the biggest who did it repeatedly. So, but unplug, yeah. go back and listen to, I think it's inequity and songs like that on unplug. It is, yeah. it is the most incredible verses you have ever heard in your life, man. It's insane. Even with the stuff that she did with the Fuji's. Oh yeah. I mean, the stuff that oh. she did with the Fuji's and the miseducation album. I mean, that was a landmark album in hip hop. I mean, she fused so many different styles together she was just she just got so deep I mean she went back and referenced I mean a book that that really really inspired a lot of the most conscious people in our culture I mean that was a really dope album and it was futuristic too at the time yeah, that's so, a hot record, man. Yeah. So, so listen, I wanna um no. you know, we can't talk about hip hop without talking about the different areas. Like, okay, so you know, we know where hip hop kind of was birthed in New York, you know, and we know the style look, the conscious rap that was, do you know, but then, you know, you got to give credit to the fact that hip hop didn't stay there. It kind of just started popping up everywhere. And regionally, there's a different, you know, yeah. kind of sense of culture in each. So you got your California, you got your, like, even the, what's the, uh, the, uh, 
what was they called? The Ghetto Boys were in Houston. You had um, Two Live Crew in Miami. You had, you know, so you have these different sounds from these different places regionally. And when we talk about the evolution of hip hop, you know, like how each area you know, affected the sound that came out of there, you know, that, you know, so you got places that heavy on drums, you know, um, New Orleans has its sound. And, you know, so let's talk a little bit about just how it, it, you know, music in itself evolved and how it affected, like the different regions affected, you know, how hit the sound of hip hop and until, you know, I, I, I mean, we all know that, like you said, it started in the South Bronx and spread throughout the rest of the country. And then it just hit the country like a tidal wave. I found it interesting that, you know, we were talking about jazz earlier, that jazz started in New Orleans and spread up north to Chicago and New York and D.C. And then hip hop, you know, was kind of born out of this youthful culture in New York and spread to the rest of the country. But yes, I mean, being a child of the South, a product of the South, I love Southern hip hop. Of course, you know, you got to put Outkast at the top of the list, Eight Ball and MJG, the Ghetto yes. Boys, uh, you know, from New Orleans, some local rappers, you know, Joe Black was, you know, really, really hot and popping. Uh, they had a cat, DJ Jubilee, he had the first recorded, documented use of the word twerk in a record, right? And a song he had called Do the Jubilee. And uh, he's a guy that did song Wobble Wobble, but, you know, I love, you know, the fact that each different area brought something new. When the West Coast hip-hop came out, I mean, you had N.W.A., Too Short, you know, I, I love with the far side and groups like that brought to the table. So it's just always fun to get a good sample from the different places and hear how different people come up with different flames, different fashions. So, 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 Al, listen, let me ask you. I want you, I just wanted you to describe to me because you were there, um, in that, in that era when NWA came out. And I remember I only heard NWA because you played the album. So, out of all the stuff we were listening to, um, like, um, Houdini and, uh, you know, said those groups were, describe to me when you first heard NWA. Describe to me what that was like for you. <laughs> you, you. You know how I got NWA's album. I, 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 I got hold of that. Um, I want to say it was a 12 inch by accident. So mama had went <laughs> to a record store around the corner and, you know, she was going to surprise me with an album. She didn't really know it was on the album. She asked the guy at the record store, what, you know, whatever, what all the kids buy, and he handed her that. She didn't really look at the cover, didn't ask anything about it, just put it in the back and brought it home. And uh, <laughs> one side had Boys in the Hood on it. And I, I remember playing Boys in the Hood, and I thought, when I first played it, I'm like, what the, what's wrong with his voice? And I, I pulled a needle back, what is wrong with his voice? So I did it about three or four times, and until the fifth time, I decided I liked it. So I'm I'm playing it, I'm playing it, I'm playing it, I'm playing it, and I recall the day I listened to it because I called my uh, girlfriend at the time, and I asked her if she heard that. So she hears it on the phone. So she comes over and listen to it, and we put this thing on repeat like about nine, ten times. 
listen. We just sit there and listen because his voice, we had never heard anybody with that high pitch of a voice on a rap song. And we weren't weren't sure how he was making that work, but it sounded right. And, and, uh, the, uh, I I don't know if that was yellow scratching in, in the hook, but the hook was incredible too. So that song caught me right there with NWA. That caught me for NWA. Okay. Okay. So when it came down to like gangster rap being introduced kind of like to the scene, did that change things for you at that time? Because for me, you know, like I guess as an adult looking back, I remember us having fun with rap music. I remember we had the, you know, just we, we listen to all the crazy stuff, even Will Smith, like parents just don't understand. And, you know, we listened to, um, uh, like you said, Houdini and UTFO and, you know, we were listening to all that, but it seemed like things changed, you know, when NWA, it just, it became different. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't fun rap. It wasn't, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't the fun stuff. It wasn't like LL where I need love. It was different, you know, so. But they want the first though, right? Uh Yeah, but they want the first though, right? So, um, it really started to me, for me, with Ice T. Okay, okay. So, yeah, that was the first gangster rap song I'd ever heard. Now, if you if you ask Ice T, he'll say Schoolie D. What's the first? You're right. So, Six in the Morning was the first gangster song I'd ever heard. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the first gangster song I'd ever heard. And I went and bought Ryan Page. And there was a lot of there was a lot of gangster stuff. The only difference between Ice T and NWA was, if you listen to that Ryan Pace, he sounds a little apologetic for whatever he's, you know what I mean, for whatever he's been through. So he doesn't sell it as if it's a, you know, you know he doesn't go about it like you know this is romantic lifestyle. You need to lead it yourself. No, it's nothing like that with, with Ice T. But it was a gangster rap album, really. So that was the first one I'd ever heard. So by the time NWA came in. NWA was unapologetic, and that did shift. But the reason I think they really caught on everybody, it was there was a political edge to them as well, though too. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just about flipping people off. It was about it was about police brutality. You know what I yeah. mean? It was yeah. about right. So there was a political edge to them as well. So the whole f the police and all that. Yeah, that was you know it, it comes off as a gangster, but there's a message in there. So. They came off slash political slash gangster to us, more militant than anything else for us. So that okay. changed that 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 dynamic. So we at, at that time we didn't really view them as being pure gangster rappers. We didn't even use that, those terms back then. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. Okay, all right. So one last thing before we before we wrap this up, I wanna I wanna um, actually hit on. You can't talk about the elements of hip hop like the DJ and the MC and the the dance, we hit on the dance, break dancing and all the way up. So, you know, like music has influenced uh, different dance moves, different things like that. But we can't leave the scene without talking about the clothes. Like that is a oh, huge yeah. part of the culture. And I mean, a very huge part of the hip hop culture. Like if you if you put two two um, artists together, like on a, on a stage, you put um, Barry Manilow on the stage next to uh, um, a T.I., how would you expect? Well, because um, T.I. be trying to wear suits. Let's see. <laughs> Mary, Mary Manilow next to um, 
you know, any any average rapper, hip hop artist, right? They're not gonna be dressed alike. There's a distinguishing look that you know, distinct that 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 says this is the hip hop culture. So let's talk yep. about the clothing and how the air how how it has evolved. Um, one thing I wanted to um, bring up or mention was just seeing like uh, the original rappers and stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look at the uh, <laughs> the videos and they're wearing like the leather jackets with the string, the fringe hanging on and the tight leather. They were very costumey. They were well, very that's costumey. a holdover from the 70s. Yeah, yeah, that's a holdover from the 70s, right? Yeah, Absolutely. like yeah. They, they were coming yeah. from that the George disco Clinton era. They were funk era. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so, w- so when- had a lot of that crazy yeah. attire that he used to wear. Right. That you, like you said, it was kind of like costume. It was almost mm-hmm. for a show. You know, it's not what people really wore in their regular life. But then after right. that, you so, know, so next, you we know, switch over with, with Run DMC and those that they're going to put on what they comfortable in. You know, they're wearing their Adidas. And, you know, so then we start getting this look that you know like kangos and um so let's talk about you know how fashion has evolved within and and where it's at today i'm not too appreciative of i'm just not i'm not even gonna lie it was was so cool back in the day that you know we had you know these local cats who had a a certain style of flair fashion sense that impacted the b-boys and the b-girls who dressed alike when they would go to their different battlers or competitions and eventually you know once you had folks you know, once we saw one DMC you know that that particular style of culture was something that Jay brought and he was influenced by the gangsters and the cats and the dope dealers in his community you know he saw them with the, the, the track suits on and the fedoras and it was just like once everybody saw that they was like that's dope you know and then we had salt pepper with the body suits and the ropes and the jackets with the crazy colors. I remember when I had, had I got a, I got a confess, I got a confess, got a confession to make on this hip hop tribunal. <laughs> I did have a couple pairs of hammer pants. I did, I did. I wore them <laughs> and I was out there with my ring on shirt. I'm no. a little ashamed of it now, but I wasn't ashamed of it. That's the ring Ooh. <laughs> hammer pants, like well, well, you know what? You know what? For the first time in the video, and then in living color, doing the Tommy Davidson doing the uh, hammer impersonation that was unreal. Hip hop has just influenced so many different aspects of life, like you said, the fashion, you know, the the, the movies. You know, it's it's just unreal. It's unreal. Uh, what are some of the fashion trends that you like, Jerome? Oh, um, hmm. let's see. I I love the good Kango. I love to see dudes in Kangos. I thought those were pretty dope. Um, but as far as like as a girl, like it was more like the hairstyles that I was kind of into. Like we had the asymmetric hair. So I was like on one side is long, the other side is short. You get the little stack up curls, oh, yeah. you know, um, we had the bamboo earrings, you know, little the little Nefertiti earrings, um, and the rope, like a herringbone or a, a rope chain, that was everything, you know. So, oh, and oh, the yeah. rings, like we we wore a lot of rings. I remember 
Like we wore a lot of <laughs> rings back then. But like yeah. I remember being a kid and I wanted uh LA gears and I wanted British knights. And I remember um, you know, as far as my tennis shoes, and I remember um the, they used to have these blouses that were long in the back. They were like a a button up shirt, like or whatever, like almost like a dress shirt. And it buttoned up, but it, it stopped in like uh, at the bottom of your stomach, like. But then the tail went down long, and I used to love those shirts. And I actually got one. Like we didn't get to get the fashions like that all the time. So <laughs> that with a pair of leggings, and it was the the kind of leggings that scoop under your feet. You know, with the little, little ring that went under <laughs> your feet thing or whatever. So just as a girl, we had different fashions. Like you said, the bodysuits, the biking shorts. I had a friend who used to, um, he used to smuggle biking shorts out the back of his store. <laughs> we was in eighth grade, he'd come to school and sell the biking shorts. Okay, the place going like hotcakes. <laughs> so, uh, what about you, Al? Oh, man. You know, I think it started for me with Run DMC, and it's interesting you guys call that out because I think that was the, I think that was the catalyst right there for, for hip hop, oh, yeah. right there. It was, it was, it, it has to be Run DMC. They were, they were the first ones to say, okay, look, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I think from that point on, um, it was how I saw Breaker Cruz dressing, right? Mm-hmm. Sharon, I don't know if you probably remember this when, I remember I watched uh, New York City Breakers on television, and I remember them having Chuck Taylors. Oh, right, I, I, I was going to bring up your Chucks. I was going to uh, bring them up. I saw him, I saw him in these Chuck Taylors and they had, they had a little sequence on the Chuck Taylors, right? And no, you know, no, 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 the thread was like a shiny so the whole shoe was this shiny rainbowy glittery I can't even explain it. I'm sorry, let me let you tell your story. I, well, let, let me put it this way. If I walked along the side of the highway in a within at, at, at noon, all right, it'd be a pile up because when the, <laughs> nobody would see anything. <laughs> Nobody would see but anything. there would be good reflectors at night. <laughs> there would be good reflectors. Could nobody miss you? But these was they was dope though. Like literally back in them days, you know, like with the flash and you know certain things, that those were some dope shoes. Now looking at it now, we are gonna laugh and make fun a little bit. Yeah, but we gonna laugh on that some dope yeah. shoes. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, Shapadu earlier with the spike belts. You remember that trend? Oh God, spike belts! Yes, you remember- the spike yes. belts, spike bracelets. Yes, see, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. See, so like, you know, with the breaking, breaking two, breaking one, breaking two. You know, like you had the uh, the shirts with the sleeves that was tore off. Excuse me, <clears throat> the sleeves that were tore off. You had your Chuck Taylors. You had a headband on your head, and uh. you was break dancing. Had the spike belt, man. leather pants on. Had the spike belt. I had the shirt with the flap. You remember the shirt used to flap all around oh, to the flap side. Back, yes. <laughs> the shirt that flap over and it had the net under there. Yes. So, so, so listen. 
Now, this is the thing with fashion. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it because we talking about the evolution, right? So we talking about where it was and where it is now. I just saw Pharrell, and and really, I actually saw it was a Ryan Davis comedian. He was actually making fun of Pharrell, saying he looks like a um, what's those things you play badminton with? What's the name of the, the little birdie thing? And he really did look like it looks like he's in a it's like a dress kind of a uh, puffy dress kind of thing. either way this is hip hop now men in dresses uh, uh the skinny right. jeans wasn't the, enough the, like the thing it's that really is the pants below the belt oh, oh my yeah, we ain't gonna God, talk about sagging that's just we not just that's just mid side I, I I mean, back in the day, we we might have had baggy pants on, but you didn't see our underwear. I mean, I know I sound like old school hip hop head, but I mean, I'm just sick and tired of seeing people's underwear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like so, where they are with it now, the wrong way. Yeah, where mm-hmm. they are with it now, like even like now, you'll see a guy sagging. He'll have an oversized T-shirt on and looking just dusty, right? I remember even when we were in school, guys wore T-shirts, but they wore with staffers and they would iron it with some stay fro, you know, and they would iron it, get crispy, oh. got the crispy crease in their pants, got the crispy shoes. Okay. They were crispy. Do that now. Do that <laughs> now. now. Do that now. If you show up with a crease in your pants now, oh, Lord. Oh, God, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but the point is that we were we took pride in what we look like. We cared. You know, it's like they don't care. And But even now, we look at where fashion has evolved to. It's a lot of feminism happening with the male, you know, with what the males are wearing. And the women are just plain being naked. You know, you went from Queen Latifah, you know, with her crown on her head or, you know, her her, you know, to, to, to um, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, you know, where we know all of their assets, everything's hanging out, you know, and we went from that respectful, you know, like you said, you had your MC Lightyear, you know, you had these respectful women um, that carried themselves in a way that was just covered, you know, and they're even their, 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 their way of their rap, their music, their speaking, everything was honorable. And now you have, it's just a different level. The evolution, the way it's evolved, like even from going from consciousness to gangster rap to, you know, we selling drugs to we doing drugs. Now, all rap music promotes getting high. All rap music talks about drugs and, you know, like not selling them, doing them. So those are some of the negatives, in my opinion, that has happened in hip hop that has kind of stopped me from listening to a lot of people being really selective of what I take in, you know, uh, because to me, it's, it's just like this, it was, it's just backwards. It's, it's ridiculous. Sexualism in hip hop is definitely caused a downward spiral and it has affected the art, you know, and it is not as, pleasing you know i mean like you know back in the day songs were fun you know we enjoyed you know doing what we did and now it seems like there's just so much violence so much sexualism and it's a result of hip-hop being a product a commercial product and you know you know you have tupac that goes from 
starting off with messages like, Brenda's got a baby and keep your head up to uh, thug life. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, that's it's true. That's true. That at some point in time, it just seems like, you know, to make an album that's going to sell, artists feel like they have to just produce overtly sexual and violent messages. And it exactly. has produced a, a bad, bad trend for the kids to follow. And it seems like the kids have been saturated in these bad messages so long that it's permeated into who they are. And so they yeah, start going out and acting mm-hmm. out some of this stuff that these rappers never even did. These, some of these guys are saying, I shot up this and I robbed that and I sold this and you never, you kept this and you never did any of that. That's why I'm listening to Two Chains. Like Two Chains is, is highly educated. If you listen to Two Chains talk, like have a conversation with that man or listen to a conversation with that man, Two Chains is highly <laughs> uh, educated. And I don't listen to, I tried, I, you know, download a couple of albums, I tried to listen. I threw the trash off my, I just threw it off my playlist. Because like this is this is not you. This is, this is not how you live in. You got a whole family and beautiful daughters. But you, know, but you know that part changed, right? Because originally, if the audience found out that you didn't live that life, you got punished for it. And mm-hmm. somehow along the road, I don't know if you recall. You recall the female rapper Boss? I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah. Her okay, so she comes out and she's she's in a complete black and she's wearing a bandana and she's doing the whole gangster life thing. And at some point they found out that her mother was a lawyer, her father's a doctor or something like that. Right? Where her parents had prominent jobs and she never really wanted for anything. Right. And she never lived that life. She spent most of her life in the suburbs. Well, n- nobody ever bought a boss record after that. For some reason, We've gotten into where it's like, you know, we see it as just pure entertainment and you can say whatever you want to say. And that's yeah. fine, but you, you but you leave the content behind when you do that, right? And, right? and like you guys alluded to earlier, when you leave the content behind, now you're in compensation mode. Now you're out there half-dressed, right? You're wearing dresses if you're a man. Because I think you, I just, it's, it's my personal opinion. I don't think you can hold an album up with just your talent. That's just my opinion. I don't think you have enough talent like the Rock Hems of the world or the Andre 3000s or the Black Thoughts to hold a record up on content. But like, like, like you said, uh, uh, Sharon, you have artists like Two Chains that are very intelligent and could speak about different topics. But the modern music business machine is going to limit and restrict what gets played on the radio and what the general public gets uh, uh, introduced to. So it, it's, it's a sad, sad day that we have to be selective with our ears now. And I just choose to not listen to stuff that's on the radio. I try to find local underground artists, different areas. I try to find people that are not signed to major recording contracts, and I go to local shows. If I travel to different places, I try to support the artists in those areas and and buy their music and listen and download and stream their music because that, to me, is all we really have left. If I'm going to let a record company executive tell me what hip-hop is now, it's not going to be what hip-hop really is about. Yeah. So... This actually was a good show, and 
Um, anybody got anything like uh, Al? You got anything last say? Because we're gonna gonna wrap this up where we. Oh, you know what? I'm wrong. We didn't mention one of the biggest things I want to mention. We don't even have to talk about. It. I just want to throw a shout out to graffiti. Graffiti has oh. been there since the beginning. It's just yeah. one of the elements yeah. of hip hop. And I forgot to mention Ooh. it. And I would have, I would have, you know, hated myself if I got off the show without talking about how uh, graffiti affected the culture in the beginning. How it was such a huge part of the hip hop culture. So, I avoided many yeah, misdemeanors. Yes. You said what? You said what? <laughs> I, said, I escaped many misdemeanors. Believe me. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I remember you being dope. Up. You know, with the graffiti. I used to uh-huh. draw myself, so a drawing was like I was. I used to draw, so I used to try to sketch stuff and you know put the little sparkly. You know how you do the little lines to make it look like it's sparkling. You do the three dimensional, uh-huh. oh, yeah. shade it out. And, all this yeah, stuff yeah. lining with the white or like, you know, so graffiti. Like the graffiti. <laughs> oh, and not just graffiti. Who all was in a crew? Who all was in a crew? Because I'm going to shout out my crew. That would be me. I, that would be me. I was in the... Hold on, hold on. With the graffiti, though, with the graffiti, it was so amazing how artists would leave their tags and you knew an artist by their signature style or by how they did their letters or formed their people and if you tagged over somebody's tag that was just like the ultimate insult and I love the graffiti on some of the artwork from the album covers and that's one of the things that I miss about you know going and buying CDs and albums and records you know, when you're downloading it, you may not get that album cover art that was so unique back in the day. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, graffiti was like, and that, you know what I always, like, I, you know, we don't have trains like that in in Kansas City, you know, as far as like subways and stuff. So it always just puzzled me, like, like how they got to the trains and, you know, did the spray painting and, you know, because I don't know what that looks like, you know, as far as train stations. and But I always thought it was pretty dope to see a train go by and see their stuff or, you know, see it on the walls or, you know, whatever. But it was always like just an amazing art form. And I wish yeah. it still was heavy around because it, it really showed a talent, you know, that everybody couldn't do that but it was just like it was oh. it was it was from us you know from 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 yeah. the young people in our culture and our you know what i'm saying uh-huh. so yeah, uh, open, like in the way they right. dress and, and and the visual aspect of it is is just it's so important i mean the, they they i i love riding the trains in, in different cities and you just come you know come out of an underpass or something and there's a building there and somebody just took something took that mm-hmm. building and made something beautiful out of that space you know it's, 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 it's awesome to see that yeah yeah so so i you know i'm so glad i remember the to uh, the graffiti you know what i'm saying because like you can't talk about hip-hop without throwing that in there but yeah back to the cruise listen who I was in the crew. And I need you to shout out your crew. And, you know, because everybody was, was in a crew. In a crew. <laughs> I was, I was, I was just shout out. I was, 
I was in the Mike's baby crew. doll crew. It was oh, only two Mike. of us. Me Did and my cousin Rena. <laughs> she was she was essence and I was finesse. The baby doll. And we was the baby doll crew. We had a listen, we had our own little logo. We had a little champagne glass and it tilted to the side and we had bubbles coming out of it. And uh we had the little sparklies like where the bubbles been popping in the air. That was and we had a little uh, champagne bottle to go with it. So that was our little logo. We was the baby doll crew. <laughs> That's cool. Best essence. When I was a kid, <laughs> my crew was the checkers. And we used to bring our cardboard out. We were a B-boy, B-girl crew. We had a different colored jackets. So two of us had red jackets. Two of us had black jackets. We spray painted our board. And we looked good. We, we looked good, but we could not dance. We just we never won a battle. But when people saw us coming, they thought they were in for a fight. And the next thing you know, we just would just fold the minute the beat started. So, yeah. Then when I got a little bit older and I was in high school, uh, my, my boys, we just used to love to freestyle together. And, and you know, we, we just, just came up with different different verses over different beats. You know, we never really named that collective, but we always got together and did what we did over the mic. So, so, so Al, what was your crew? You Was, was you in a crew? Vice crew. All the vice girls. Yes. Vice crew. Vice crew. The name speaks for itself. So it was. <laughs> yeah, we we had a. Uh, yeah, we go out getting a mess. But then it was I was a beatboxer. Rhyme was uh, Rob was a rhymer, and we had the neighborhood cats. So it was. Yeah, it was about six of us. It was about That's six of us total. Yeah. <laughs> had to be right. So, you know what? So that was the fun part. That was like, you know, so so hip-hop culture, it, the, when we talk about evolution or whatever, you know, it started out, it wasn't like somebody sat at a table and said, this is what we're going to do and planned it out. It just happened organically. It grew organically. But then it then it, then the control kind of came in, like you said, with the executives and different ones telling, trying to tell us what hip hop is. But we still, you know, there's still those of us that, that keep that authentic, organic element of the culture, you know what I'm saying? And don't buy into the commercialism. You know, we still seek the underground music. We still seek those rappers like Rakim to keep it real and solid, you know. And um and, and speaking of Rakim, that the the book signing was amazing, was awesome. He was very humble and the book is really good. Sweat the technique is very good book. And um so have you read any of it, uh, Al? <laughs> I am getting ready to work on it uh, this weekend. I started to read it yesterday, but I had too many, you know, I had too many people coming and going in and out of the house. So it's like, <laughs> so I've got to wait till I've got a clear house so I can sit and read the whole thing. Okay, cool. I think you're gonna yeah, enjoy you it. I listen to. Want I, I... to get you some space. Sometimes, <laughs> well, I really, I've been enjoying reading it. It's a really, really good look at what inspired him and how his creative process works. I, I'm not finished it yet. I'm not as deep into it, you know, as you, Sharon, but I, I've, I've gotten about 20, 30 pages in, and I'm loving everything that I'm reading so far. So, yeah, bless the guy. We actually got a chance to meet Rock Hill, shake hands, 
they had a cat that uh, was up there playing the trombone, and he did a, a, a one of his renditions. So it was it was a really cool, was, cool event. It was a dope night. It was a dope night for hip hop. It really was. And um, the book is good. I finished it. Uh, I listened to it on audio, you know, but. Uh, it was amazing to hear his his voice actually uh, reading it. And so I just finished it in one day. Well, I think I had like an hour left today to finish or yesterday to finish it. But I finished it up. It's an amazing book. But OK, so that was a nice little plug for Rakim. Sweat the technique. Get the book. But uh, <laughs> uh, but OK, so we're going to wrap it up today. Thank you to our special guest, my big bro, Al. Thank you. We appreciate you blessing yeah. us uh, ah. with your because with your presence today. Um, so we're just gonna wrap this up. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, everyone. We hope y'all enjoy. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you like, if you enjoy listening, us make sure you go to our Facebook page so you can get more content. It's my humble opinion. Uh podcast on facebook also you may be listening to us on anchor spotify apple music google play um uh, google uh, podcast so whatever platform you listen to us on and we're and there's so many more platforms we're on go ahead and um share it with a friend and make sure they get to enjoy us too all right we're out